Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Dynasty Show. Not our usual day, so you might be a bit shocked to see us here on a Wednesday, but there were a few uh, last-minute issues yesterday, so our excellent host very kindly agreed to come and catch up with me this evening. So I'm your host, Hannah. Thank you all for joining, and I am really delighted to welcome Kev at Dynasty underscore Goat, who is part of, I suppose, what I would call one of my fantasy families because he is the host of the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show and the pod father of the Fantasy Wildcard crew and he's also a writer at DLF. Kev, it's amazing to get you on, really excited to have you. How are you and what have you been up to? Wow, what an intro at the pod father. I mean, um, that's, that's, that's blown my mind a little bit but yeah, um, first of all, thanks for having us on the show. I'm really looking forward to to um, tonight's episode um it's a great time of the year so you've got your startups you've got all your charity tournaments charity events as well so um yeah really great time of the year for for dynasty football and uh yeah really looking forward to tonight's show and um we've got we've got an event in a couple of weeks where we'll be meeting each other in the flesh yeah, absolutely. Super excited for that. So I'm sure most people already know, but the UK FFC um, event hosted in London is uh, beginning of July. I think it's the 8th of July. Uh, really excited for that and really looking forward to meeting you, Kev, and everyone else in the UK community. So obviously, like you say, we're getting into kind of this startup season. So as we're kind of heading into there, I thought let's start digging a little bit into our rankings so today I thought let's have a look at the Q the QBs and the tight ends. I mean, I couldn't quite 
find enough questions about the Titans to fill a full show, but let's be honest. So um, I thought, let's tag them on with the, with the QBs. The, the two onesie positions, as we kind of say, although obviously in Superflex, not necessarily. So, uh, Kev, shall we start with the quarterbacks? I think a bit more potentially exciting than the tight ends. Yeah, it's, so, good. it's a good bundle, isn't it? Because you've got your QBs, which is, in my opinion, is the most important uh, position or decision you've got in Dynasty. And then you've got the tight ends. And if you're playing in anything less than um, a high premium, let's be fair, it is the least important position. So, um, yeah, good to group them together and hopefully can uh, guide the audience as to our thoughts on where, where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. And we were kind of having a quick chat before we came on, weren't we? And uh, I think, surprisingly, we, we may have quite similar opinions here, um, which not necessarily what I expected because um, I do have some strongish opinions so we'll see how we go anyway so obviously not really long really from rookie draft season we've only just finished so i thought you know people will be starting to think right where am i going to rank these rookies now you know within the general ranking system so i thought let's start with rookies then and i'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts here kev on where you think these rookies fit into kind of the general rankings in the quarterback position yeah i, I mean first of all like if we go back pre nfl draft i've i was always on anthony richardson as my qb1 I was comfortable taking him at the 102 spot whereas i think consens had him 104 105 potentially um and then sort of bryce young and cj stroud as the other two guys um and actually after the draft it seems that the markets come in line with what i was thinking before the draft so it's a position which luckily i got right actually but in terms of rookie drafts i think um i had Amphrey richardson qb1 in a tier above those two guys uh young and stroud but then if we're looking into actually rankings and factoring in the veterans i'm actually a little bit lower than than the consensus which if you if you know how much i bang on about Anthony richardson you'd think oh he's, he's gonna be above market but there's some guys uh, as veterans which i do prefer so richardson i've got him 10 market i've got him nine i've got him in a tier with um deshaun watson with uh, richardson kyler murray Dak prescott then there is a little bit of a tier break for me my 13 and 14 uh, Young and Stroud, where they're 10 and 13 at market, respectively. I've got them in a tier with Daniel Jones, Tua, and Kirk Cousins as well. So, surprisingly low than consensus on the rookie QBs. It's not that I don't like them, it's just the fact that I love to target veteran QBs that are proven, that can be cornerstone pieces. I think Richardson can be one of those guys, but I do prefer guys like Deshaun Watson over him, like Trevor Lawrence, etc. So, um it's, it's been a tough one i've not had much of the rookies in my startup so far it's been more of the rookie drafts where i've been getting my exposure there surprisingly kev i have very similar rankings to you although my rookies sit just ever so slightly in a lower tier so i have like dak deshaun and kyla in a tier themselves and then i have a little break there and then anthony richardson actually sits in a tier with Tua and daniel jones and then I have Bryce Young and Stroud in their own separate tier just below that. For me, I'm always a little bit hesitant with rookies to rank them too high up because I think they have the highest kind of opportunity to burn you. 
And if yeah. I take Anthony Richardson as my QB1 and pass over QBs like Dak or Deshaun or Kyler, it could really pay off for me. Absolutely. Like, I think we've talked about Anthony Richardson a lot over this rookie season. You know, I can totally see why he's the QB1 in the class. You know, his ceiling 100% is the highest of all of these and probably his floor as long as he is on the field. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, the risk is that he just cannot throw the ball and so he does not stay on the field and obviously that is the risk where you go and I just I don't feel in a startup that I can take that risk and bypass players like Dak, Deshaun, even Kyler you know and go for him whereas I would not hesitate to take him in a rookie draft because I think there's much less risk associated with taking him in rookie draft versus a startup draft so I kind of agree with you there. Like, I think, you know, if the rookie QBs, I think he's the best. And I think he, he has a chance really of getting in that top 10, even higher, you know, Justin Fields already, you know, for me anyways, is, is in that top 10 area. Tony Richardson plays and can stay on the field. I think he will definitely get in there. But I just don't have the confidence. I'm not happy to do that until he gets on the field, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think you make a great point, the fact that you're treating them separately from the rookie draft to start up. Rookie draft, you spend a 102, 103 on Richardson. If he doesn't hit, it's one pick. If you're in your start-up and he's your, potentially your first pick at the back of the first round, if you get that wrong, that's setting you back. You might be trying to build to win and you're already on the back foot because you've got a, 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 your number one pick to replace. So I totally get why you would want to be a little bit cautious, especially on a position where you're going to have to spend a first round or a second round style pick. You want to make sure you get that right. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Um, and this is where I'm kind of interested to see your thoughts, Kev. Would you would you ever take um, an Anthony Richardson in your first round of a startup? Um, because to me, like, yes, he has a massive ceiling and potentially a massive floor, but he is a massive risk. And... I'm not sure that I could say that that is a win-now move, if you know what I mean. Like, I think if you're ballsy, then you could potentially play it as a win-now move. But to me, that is kind of, you know, a bit too ballsy. Like, would you ever go into a, a startup draft and say, I am building basically something that I need to, you know, not a win-now team, you know, I, I'm already kind of breaking this team down and starting again kind of thing i think to, to be honest with richardson i like him in that tier I, I would be happy with him to take him early it would it be round one probably not i think it's probably got to be a situation where it's someone like deshaun watson as you won and then richardson as you two um dak as you won richardson as you two um, maybe someone like Trevor Lawrence, if he falls a little bit, you have to do it at the back of that first round. Unless you're getting really lucky and say taking like Lamar Jackson and then somehow Richardson gets you, that'd be fantastic. But purely as a QB1, I think if you go down that road of him as a QB1, you're opening yourself up for a lot of risk because you then have to take a second QB who is not in that tier. And you might end up with Richardson and then like, no offence to these guys, but 
you could end up with Derek Carr and Jared Goff as your two and your three, which isn't horrendous, but in startups, you'll have to take them early. You're going to have to take three QBs with decent capital. And it's just, you're just giving up so much at other positions when you do it that way. If you have an elite QB, then Richardson, you can fade the position then and maybe take a stab on someone a little bit later on. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with you there. I, I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable taking him as my QB one in the startup. I think as the QB two, I feel much more comfortable about it because if he busts, you know, at least I've got somebody at the position. If I take him as a QB one and then my QB two is, you know, a, a cousins or a, a cart, that is fine. But they're not good enough really as my main QB. I wouldn't yeah. say. So 100% agree with you there. I would be comfortable taking him in the second, but not necessarily in the first. Now, potentially in these super flex drafts now, people are really keen on wide receivers. So I, I think there's a good chance that he, he would fall into the second round, you know, and you could potentially take him as, you, as your second QB if you're going to go, you know, a two QB build in the first two rounds. So yeah. I think it's doable 100%, but yeah, I wouldn't want to take him as my QB one either. Anything else that you want to discuss about these rookies, Kev? No, I just think it's uh, the, the wild card of the groups, Will Levis. I think he's probably a little bit too far down start ranks. So you see him in that sort of 20, late 20s to, to the 30 range. He's not a great prospect in my eyes, but I think as someone that's a lottery ticket, there's plenty of ageing guys or guys with less job security above him that I would be more than happy to move off and get a little bit extra for a, a, a roll again, a roll of the dice. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I'm not wholly keen on him, but I suspect he is going to get a chance to play at some point. I think Tannehill's going to move either this season or you know the end of the season. So I think we'll certainly see him on the field at some point. And obviously at that point, you probably want a share of him because you can either sell him high or you can use him. So totally worth taking that that dice roll there. So Kev, going back to kind of our general rankings, when you kind of were doing your rankings review in, in the off season, which veteran has moved the highest up in your rankings this off season? Yeah. Yeah, this, this guy's getting a little bit of buzz from me recently. And you mentioned his name a little bit earlier, actually. Justin Fields. Um, I've got him QB5, Mac. He's got him QB8. Um, I think the main thing that stands out for me is what they did with the 101 pick, where they traded it away. And first of all, they've got DJ Moore, which is by far the best weapon he's had in his young career. But secondly, 101. They was in prime spot to take any QB they wanted. They could have moved down a couple of spots and still got any of Stroud, Young or Anthony Richardson or they could have even took Will Levis a little bit later on if they wanted to go down that route. So I think it was a huge vote of confidence for Fields to essentially get the best weapon of his career and they bypassed taking a QB in a spot where they could have had the pick of, of many QBs. Yes, there's a potential that the Bears don't do as well again this season and they got high pick next year but if you still start building around your QB you're pushing yourself away from the 101 so he's someone I really like um going back to college as a passer purely looking at numbers it was better than Trevor Lawrence yes he's not made that step yet and he does need to progress the passer but if 
if we just compare those two situations, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, flip those teams, such so put Fields on the Jags, I've absolutely no doubt that he's killing Trevor Lawrence in, in dynasty rankings, if that's the case. So that's why I, that's why I'm really high in the fact that he, he was a top five QB last season with hardly any passing. The only way is up. He's got the best weapons of his career. He's got the vote of confidence. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with anything you've you've said on fields. Uh, you know, as we've kind of mentioned earlier, you know, rushing is this. You know, it, it, it's the secret weapon, isn't it? Of quarterbacks now. You know, if you can get a rushing QB in fantasy, you know that they're going to do well. And we saw what he could do last season with, like you say, not much and not great passing. He's had another off season now. You know, it would be great to see him take that kind of Jalen Hurts trajectory, really, in his career, you know, and each season get better and better. But I don't see any reason why you would not have him on your roster. You know, I think he is going to be a QB1, whether he can or does throw the ball or not because of his rushing ability and we've seen it so yeah i 100 percent agree with you on that one another qb that i think has moved quite high up the rankings since last off season is, is geno smith you know last season or in the off season we were like oh i can't believe that the seahawks are just going with geno and drew lock this is going to be a complete joke and then obviously he came out absolutely balling and he did an amazing job last season you know to say that he's been in the NFL I think it's like seven seasons already it's amazing what he did last season and I think obviously now he's got that contract with the team as well so that's given him more job security I think that has leapt him up the rankings quite a bit now I wouldn't say he's necessarily in the QB1 range but he's certainly someone that I think you could probably quite happily take, you know, as a in the QB2 range. Um, and I think he, he will probably do a really solid job for you. I think there's slight reservations with him in that we're kind of wondering, is this kind of a one-season wonder? And is he going to come out this season and not perform as well as he did? Because I think, you know, we did see kind of that whole team really – stutter a little bit towards the end of the season didn't they and uh, they really did struggle in that playoff game that they had but I still think I I would you know trade for him and probably take him with some reasonable confidence I wouldn't take him as my QB1 but I, I wouldn't be kind of upset taking him as my QB2 yeah he's my most owned QB in Dynasty um when he was on he was on waves in some ways when it was him or Drew Locke or some other um back like last off season or a little bit before that so um i got a lot of them off waves i took a lot of them in stabs last off season i'm happy to tag him again i think actually in terms of the nfl draft he was my biggest winner the fact that again they was in the range in the top five to potentially move up a little bit for qb i think they had a couple of first round picks uh, one in like one at five and one in the 20s which he used on jsn another weapon for him charbonnet uh, is a great pass catcher as well so yeah, it would have been interesting to see what happened if Anthony Richardson fell to five. But I do agree with you the fact that he had a great season. He's got fantastic weapons, actually. 
And I see the Seahawks winning games. And I think while they're winning games, while they're in that playoff hunt, making playoffs, you've got to fancy him to to be the starter for them. But I actually think he's, he's shown enough of a revival to land a starting job elsewhere should Seattle decide to move on at any point and, and cut him in the future. Yeah, yeah, I can't get, disagree with you there. I think he is going to be playing for you know, a few years to come. So I don't see a reason not to have him on a roster, really. So kind of looking at this from the other side, so which player has fallen the most in your rank rankings this off-season? Yeah, I'm very against market on this. It's Kenny Pickett. I've got him 25, market. I've got him 19. He actually rose as high as about 13 at the market before the rookies came in. So it's good to see it starting to correct itself, but he had such a poor rookie season um, outside the top 30 in fantasy points per game. In what was a fantastic situation, the O-line was top three in protection rate for passing. He had, obviously, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. He had Claypool for a bit, who, despite what people think, he, he can flash um, amazing athleticism. You've got Fryer Muth, who's really solid tight, and Najee Harris had like a 90 catch on 90 target season as a rookie. So loads of weapons, great O-line, um, and he did hardly anything with it. Now, they have increased, uh, improved their offensive line again. They've added Alan Robinson. So again, he's in a great situation, but his rookie season in terms of fantasy was worse than Zach Wilson's. And I'm just getting that vibe that the market season as a young guy with potential in uh, getting um, plenty of hype, I'm going to avoid it because the prospect, I didn't like him. He didn't do enough for me as a rookie to to get me excited. I did take some shares of him with looking to move off, but I've really struggled to sell him, which I don't know if it's people in my league are sharp or, or what, but yeah, I'm off picket. What about you? Well, I know that Rich Dynasty Island is going to disagree with you because he totally loves Kenny Pickett. I kind of feel a bit indifferent about him to be honest you know I don't I just don't see him as either an elite QB or a dual threat so he kind of just sits in that like low QB2 area and he's fine and I think he will be probably fine but I have no desire to go out and buy him um, and no real desire to draft him in a startup either. So I can kind of see why you might be struggling to sell him because I, th I think that's probably where everyone sits, although based on consensus, sounds like they are higher. But sometimes I think people have too much of a focus on age rather than the player themselves. They're like, as, exactly as you said, oh, he's a young QB, you know, he's, he's going to make that leap. And might improve but i just don't see him improving enough to get him into that qb1 kind of area or to be massively interested in, in dynasty now i mean he will give you some points low-end qb2 points but yeah i'm just not i have no excitement for him he's really. one of them he's one of them where you're taking him where he is and you think about where he could be, what's his projection if he has a great season, he's still not going to be top 12, top 14 QB. So you're taking on a lot of risk for not much reward. Um, now, people point to the fact he had seven touchdowns, passing touchdowns in 10 games. That's got to go up, which 
yeah, it's going to go up. But if we if we bear in mind it was about QB thirty eight and fantasy points per game, if he if he does get the touchdowns and he goes up to QB twenty four, it, it's still not enough for me to to get excited. I think at that price, I'm not interested in terms of too much risk for what I'm paying. Yeah, I think for me, I would much prefer kind of those um, consistent vets like a Kirk Cousins or a, or a Derek Carr over a picket, to be honest. Now, I really like the wide receivers, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh. So I kind of want him to do well because Deontay Johnson is a great player, but he didn't get any touchdowns last season. So, like, I, I want Pickett to do well because I really like Johnson and I want him to do well this season in fantasy because I think he is do a bounce back and he is you know has got great talent so I want him to be able to show that for me the QB that I think has has fallen the most is our friend uh, Trey Lance yeah now obviously last season he was you know the starter for the for the 49ers everyone was really excited he was the next dual threat qb obviously went out and played was it two or three games and then obviously unfortunately got that terrible injury now when he was on the field i can't say that i was wholly excited about him like i just don't think things were kind of totally gelling for him personally and i don't think the 49ers are that enamoured about him either because there's no indication that they want to start him this season. I think his other issue is obviously he played very few games in college, you know, the COVID year, etc. Then he, you know, he, he barely played at all in the NFL and this will be his third year. And he's played like three games or something in, in the whole kind of time he's been in the NFL. So I just kind of feel like his chance to kind of grow and learn on the job has kind of passed. Um, and I'm just not convinced that he's going to be anything in the NFL. I mean, I think if he is, they need to trade him and trade him soon. But I'm not convinced they're going to do that because I think they may well have done it already. Although having said that, what is his market? Who who, who wants him, you know? So maybe they want to get him on the field for one or two games and then try and move him. I don't know what their plan is, but I can't see them wanting him as the 49ers starter from now on and I, I, I'm just not sure I can see a path to him being a consistent starter in the NFL. I don't know what you think about him, Kev. I mean, I think you're right, first of all, that his values fall the most um, in terms of where he was going, top 10, top 12, and now he's in the 20s. It, it's a tough one because with the 49ers, whoever gets that starting job long term, they're going to shoot up in dice value. The issue with Lance is coming in, he needs to play games to get better. And with sort of that first season sitting, getting a little bit of playing time with Jimmy G, that looked promising. Second season, he had that thunderstorm game at the start. Then he had, I think, a game and a half or half a game before the injury. So we didn't really get to see him take that stranglehold. And then from then, the 49ers traded for McCaffrey. They've gone all in to win now like literally this season, next season sort of thing. If I'm the 49ers, I'm not comfortable putting Lance in to see if he develops because this is a team that they need to win every game. They need to be number one seed. They need to the NFC to be going through the 49ers as the home team in, in, in every 
uh, in every game they need to be the one seed so it's it's really tricky i don't think they can trade him either because they spent three first round picks he's on a rookie deal so he's not causing much against the cap there's no issue from that point of view so i have a feeling that he's just going to ride out his time in the 49ers and then become sort of a, a reclamation project for another team which i'm not totally out on him in dynasty because he's flashed amazing talent and upside it's just when will that time come he is an interesting qb3 that for i think if you if you hit like qb qb at the start of your drafts um i don't know watson and dak at the back first i think you can take a stab on trey lance as your qb3 when he's in the 20s and just see what happens because if it doesn't go right you've still got dak and watson yeah, I mean, I, I totally get your point there. For me, I just think he's going to sit and rot on your roster for ages because I, I just don't see him getting on the field, to be honest. Um, and obviously, your risk then is one of your QBs go down and Lance is not going to give you anything. So it is it is a risky, I think, third pick. But, you know, if you are, uh, you know, doing a rebuild, then maybe that's the way to go because if he does get on the field, you know, or, you know, he catapults you right up there because potentially you know he, he can become one of these dual threat qbs that that we've seen you know like the types of field but I, yeah i just think he was so raw coming out and it's been three years now and he's he's just not had the chance to to develop and i think as time more and more time goes on i think less and less likely the 49ers are going to want to develop him and then at that point like you say it's what five years down the line and who's going to you know who's going to take a chance on him someone might but i just again i just don't ultimately see a path to him becoming a reliable starter but i might be totally wrong and you do never know <laughs> so let's have a look at our rankings versus consensus then so kev yeah. which player are you higher on than consensus um in your quarterback rankings yeah this is russell wilson for me i think pre um sean payton coming out i was really high on sort of understanding the move from his coach last year who got, who got fired um was it hacky or something um i just felt that there was a potential that he would get land in a better situation with someone that was going to use it properly he got the absolute nuts in terms of sean payton and i was expecting the market to react to that and that they've actually not i've got him 18 market still going 23. Um, I just feel that early on in his career, he started off like 10 seasons as a QB1 to begin his career, which was fantastic. And then uh, the last couple have been hit and miss in tricky situations, obviously the injury hit season in Seattle, then last season in Denver. So he has got questions, but I like the fact that he's done it before. He's still got some rush upside. He's got great weapons uh, in terms of youth, um, Judy. Sort of still like Sutton, Marvin Mims has all got a lot of hype, Dulcich. So, yeah, I, I still really like Russell Wilson, 18, Mark, I've got him 23. Yeah, Russ, I find a difficult one because this isn't a massive make or break season for him, isn't it? And I think there's a chance that he can be terrible and he'll be out of the league next season or you know, he has this amazing resurgence comeback season and, you know, he continues to play out that massive contract that he got in Denver. You know, if anyone's going to be able to get him to play, it's going to be 
the head coach, now I can't remember his name. Painter, Sean Painter. That's right, Sean Painter. <laughs> you know, we know what he's done. Russ is not Drew Brees, but obviously he has worked with the shorter quarterback. So we know what he did there. I think, I personally think it's in both of their best interests for Russ to do well this season. I have heard kind of discussions in that people are saying, oh, Sean Payton's going to want to kind of purposefully tank Russ to get rid of him and get, you know, so that he can get his own QB. But I just don't, I don't see the logic in that really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, I, I think it's in both of their interests to, to Russ, for Russ to play at, at a high level. I just think his game ultimately has to morph a little bit from what he was used to doing you know in Seattle his legs just not are not as reliable as they used to be you know he's he is getting on a bit now so I think he has to rely on throwing it around a bit more um, and so I think he just has to alter his game a little and also not cook to be honest so I, I think that Sean Payton is going to run the ball a bit more which will help Russ so I'll, ultimately I think he will have a good season but I'm not sure that I'm pulling the trigger on him in Dynasty, to be honest. Again, I think I would rather look elsewhere. I'm banging on about them, and they're really boring. No one wants them on the team. But Kirk Cousins and, and you know Derek Carr, I know where they are. I know what they're going to do. I know what production I'm going to get out of them. Whereas Russ is a bit of a kind of risky choice because who knows where he's going to be next season. You know, you, you could take him in your startup or trade for him and all of a sudden next season he's worth nothing and you you know you're stuck with him so I think it is a risk but I can see you know why you would take it and if you know the Russ owner in your league is fed up of him you can probably get him for a bargain and then it doesn't matter if he busts because you've not paid a lot for him so I think if you can get him for peanuts worth a shot right um but I don't think I would be probably trying to go out and buy him yeah and i think as well like it all depends on your risk tolerance the fact that if you've got two risky qbs to begin your draft or you've only got one qb and you're looking at your second then it's gonna it's gonna dictate which route you go if you've got tyler murray and someone else risky and then potentially russell wilson that's that's far too much risk to be taken on. So certain situations will dictate which QB in that tier you go after. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I think with all of these things, it it has to be kind of based on your team build, right? You know, as you say, if if you if you're taking these risky high upside um, quarterbacks early, then Russ might not be the one for you. But if you think you've got these solid kind of elite QBs or ones that are going to give you solid performances, then Russ might be worth a, a gamble as your QB three because you know he may well have a good bounce back season and outperform some of the QBs that you've already got on your roster or you can sell him, you know, for a, you know, a profit. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from there, Kev. As I say, I'm, I'm very non-risk tolerant. So I'm often quite reserved on, on kind of clicking on these, but if I could get him cheap, then I, I would certainly, you know, buy him for sure. So I also have a super exciting quarterback um, that I am higher on consensus on, and that's Kirk Cousins. So I, I honestly genuinely think, so this is something that I was talking to Rich um, about the other day when I went on the Fantasy Sanctuary, is that people, I just think, totally undervalue these kind of consistently productive veteran quarterbacks. Like Kirk Cousins, to everyone, is just boring. You know, the one, the young, high upside, you know, players. And I think sometimes they forget that actually, you know, Kirk Cousins between 2015 and 2022 has finished a quarterback one in every season apart from 2019 when he finished just the QB 13. So he's like quietly a QB one and absolutely nobody talks about him. Now, I actually don't have him ranked as a QB one. I have him ranked as my QB 18. But consensus have him ranked as a QB 25. So, you know, I still have him ranked as a QB 2, but he's giving us QB 1 performances. Um, so I, I just I don't understand why people are not buying him. Now, I totally understand that after this season, there's going to be a question mark about whether he stays in Minnesota or whether they are going to release him or, you know, what's going to happen because his contract essentially ends at the ne- end of next season. But... You know, he's one, like he said, with Gino, where I think even if they released him or he moved on, he's going to be a starter somewhere. You know, he's a good enough player that teams are going to want him. So I don't see him not being in the league. So I still think that he is someone that you could quite easily and I would quite happily draft as my QB too. As I say, he's not he's not sexy, he's not elite, but I know he's going to give me consistent probably low-end QB1 performances. And what more do I want from my QB2? I don't want to pay an absolute fortune or use a very high pick on my QB2 personally. I would much rather invest that capital in a wide receiver or a running back or even one of those kind of elite tight ends where I know that they can probably make more of a difference on my team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Cousins is pretty sexy to be fair when he's got his top off and his chains on. It's it's a great look, but um I'm actually higher than you on him. I've got him seventeen, so big, big, big fan of, of Cousins. Um best weapons of his career with I mean Addison and Hawkinson's fully integrated now, so no worries for me. They've lost Darwin Cook, which potentially means they'll lean even further on the pass, depending on who comes in to uh, add to that backfield, but yeah, I love Cousins. He's what thirty-four. Like, if you play him any more than a Windows more than two years, you're trying to guess too much for me. So this season, next season, I've got 
absolutely no issues with Kirk Cousins. Um, an ideal QB2 target for any build. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. So let's flip it on the other side then. So who are we lower than consensus on in our rankings? Go on, Kev, you, you start us off. Yeah, I mean, I could be very wrong on this. Um, I've, In terms of conviction, it's not great, but it's Brock Purdy. I've got him 29 in my rankings. Uh, the market's going about QB 20. I just... I don't have a strong view on who's going to be the QB for the 49ers, whether it's Purdy, whether it's Lance, whether it's Sam Darnold. Um, we know that Cal Shanahan likes to be, I think that he's the smartest guy in the room, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's trying to get Sam Darnold on the field and win a Super Bowl with him. Um, so, yeah, there's too much too much concerns for me with Purdy. He's coming back from an injury. He's a, a late-round draft pick. He did great in the small sample, what, four or five games to start. But, I mean, can we extrapolate that and say he's going to do it over 17 now? Teams have got a bit of film on him. Yeah, I'm just not there with Purdy. If I'm wrong, fair enough. But, um, yeah, he's, he's not someone that I can really draw to. There's no Konami upside. It's all based on situation. If he was a starting QB for, I don't know, the Titans, people would have zero hype about him. Yeah, I mean... Uh... That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it is all based on situation and, you know, what team he, he is on and the assumption that he is going to be the starter on this 49ers team. I am also really nervous about his injury. Like, it was a really significant injury to his throwing elbow. You know, they're saying all the right things. He's going to be on track. He's going to be ready to go week one. I just don't feel totally convinced of that. And even if he is ready to go, what kind of arm strength does he have? Is he going to be able to pop it into the places that he wants to or needs to? Now, I know Shanahan's offence is mainly kind of predicated on getting those kind of skill players open. So he's probably not going to be throwing into those really tight windows. But still, you know, he probably needs some zip on the ball and to put it into, you know, where, where he wants it to go. And, and is his arm going to be able to do that? And I just have question marks about that until I see him doing it on the field so I totally agree with you there I am also lower than consensus on Brock Purdy I don't mind again cheap dart throw you know why not but um I yeah I'm not buying him at, at those prices yeah QB 20 is a bit a bit spicy for me yeah, no, 100% agree. So my player lower on consensus is Jordan Love. So I have him ranked uh, as my QB 23, but it consensus has him as QB 17. Again, you know, I think we've talked about this through most of the show. I am quite a risk-averse fantasy player. Um, I just don't know what is he going to be in the NFL. You know, we've, we have seen him, you know, on odd occasions – Mostly it's not been wholly pretty. Now, last time he played, he did look a bit better. Now, obviously, he's going to have a whole off-season with the weapons, repping with the first team, etc., etc. So maybe he is going to come back all guns blazing. But I, again, personally just prefer some of the other proven players over him, to be honest. You know, if I was in a rebuild, then yes, maybe I'm going to take him as my QB two or three because what have I got to lose? But any kind of contender, I'm not really interested at those prices. Yeah, I think the shares I've got in love are from previous startups where he's been like either in a rookie draft late or 
QB four potentially on on most rosters. So yeah, I can I can see why you'd you'd have that pause and concern. I think the Konami upside he is athletic, but he's never really put on a ton of rush yards in college or um, sort of extra played on the stats he's made or the, the the games he's played in the NFL. So again, it's a little bit like Kenny Pickett for me. What is the upside for what risk you're taking him at in that range? There's lots of safe proven veteran guys in that range that you can um, take and have confidence that they will definitely um, pull you up a certain number of games and have a job next season. Yeah, I mean, I I 100% agree there. I just prefer the other QBs around him to him. But I do have him on some teams just based on, like you say, previous rookie drafts or when he was going kind of really low in those startups, worth taking a punt. But yeah, at, at this price, I'm, I'm choosing not to pay. So just before we move on to our tight ends, Kev, um, which player do you think can or will improve their ranking most over the course of this season? Yeah, this pick's not about talent. It's about where he's ranked and where I think he'll go. And I did mention his name a little bit earlier. Will Levis is currently QB 29 at the market. Um, if we rewind, uh, if we find as well, Gary, rewind, which you are sure, if we rewind back to um, last off-season with Kenny Pickett, he was going a similar range, QB 29, QB 30. He got the starting job, didn't do much with it, and suddenly... He catapults into the top 15 in Dynasty on the back of nothing other than having a job. Yes, I agree that with the Titans, the weapons are questionable. There's tons of question marks around Burks, around Conquo, the other players on the offense. Derek Henry's going to go. So I wouldn't expect to see that level of increase in his, his value. But I just think from QE 29, as soon as he gets a starting job, he's going to be at worst. QB 2021 20, range. Can't argue with you there. Like you say, not so, not necessarily based on the talent, but you know, if he sets his foot on a on a football field as a starter, then he's going to jump up in the rankings, isn't he? Yeah. So let's uh, kind of zoom through the tight ends. I mean, there's, there's some kind of interesting bits to, to touch on, but I don't think it's quite as exciting as, as the QB position. So we won't spend quite as long as it on it. But, you know, history has shown that rookie tight ends, they do often take quite a few years to develop into these kind of productive tight ends for fantasy. Now, I know that, you know, Cal Pitts was kind of this unicorn where he was drafted really highly and everyone seemed to want to take him really early in, in startup drafts. This tight end class has also been touted as a strong class, but probably, you know, not quite as generational as, as Cal Pitts. So I'm just interested to know, where do you have those kind of in your tight end rankings at the moment, Kev? Do you have them a bit higher because they're meant to be a strong class or are you always a bit reserved with, with rookies? Where do you usually kind of go on this? Yeah, tight end's just an awful position really, but I think rookie tight ends uh, early in the career tight ends, are the big fades for me, um, I'm below on consensus on all of the tight ends, apart from Michael Mayer, I've got exactly the same at nine um but yeah um i think in, in terms of how i view tight end and rookies if they have a good season then you can pay the same price if not slightly more next off season when you know that they're actually going to be good in the nfl and they've hit what i wouldn't want to do is pay the price now they're an absolute bust 
and you, you never get that back. So I'm just playing it a little bit safer at tight end that way. I think there's plenty of veteran options that are ranked in the late teens, the 20s, sometimes the 30s that are going to give you better production now. And again, I'm only thinking on two-year window. So for me, a tight end projection, I'm thinking year three before you're going to see the real fruits of your of, of your labour as such. So, yeah, history at tight end is not great either. The fact that it takes me a couple of years. So my strategy is to fade young tight ends. And if I do want to go after a young tight end, give it a couple of years till they've shown what I can do. Everyone's going to say this show is really boring because I 100% agree with you. That is exactly my stance on, on rookie tight ends, to be honest. Like, I'd much rather buy them uh, next off season when I know that they're going to produce or I know what their role is in their offence or, you know, how they play the tight end position than kind of take that risk with them, you know, at my start. Because, you know, based on consensus, these are pretty expensive at the moment. And I just don't want to pay those prices until I know what kind of they're going to do in the NFL, really. There's one player that I would really like to touch on, though, here, Kevin, and that's Travis Kelsey. So he is basically, you know, the dominant player at the position. But at age 33, we know that he is kind of getting up there in age. And it's kind of that fine balancing dynasty with, you know, production versus age. When's this kind of cliff going to come? So what I kind of would like to know is, is where do you have him ranked um, at the moment? And... You know, would you take him in your startups or are you starting to get nervous that we're getting to this kind of age cliff, really, and he's going to have no value ultimately on your roster? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm an Eagles fan. So the last time I saw him on a field, he was doing the stanky leg, celebrating a touchdown in the Super Bowl on us. But um, I hold no grudges uh, for Kelsey. He's my tight end one. Um, there's no signs of him slowing down. He's clearly been Mahomes' favourite target, and that's even more solidified since uh, Tyreek Hill left. Um, I've took him in startups off season. I've traded for him on contending teams, so no issues with him. I own about 20% of, of Kelsey across um, my 25, 30-odd leagues. So, yeah, I, I've I've got no concerns. I think he'll be he'll be an outlier. He'll produce for the next two, three, four, four seasons at a very, very top level. So, yeah, I think any team that's looking to win a title, they need to be getting on Kelsey or Andrews as the, the big hitters at the top. But I've got Kelsey quite a fair bit above Andrews. And I assume on a re rebuild, you would be looking to sell him for, you know, assets at this stage? I'm probably keeping him for now. I'm keeping him till in season and then seeing out of the pack who thinks they can potentially win a ship. If I can make a pivot to pits and a bit on top, or um, or maybe even something like a, a wide receiver would be the move I'd be looking to make. But yeah, no fear in uh, Travis Kelsey from me. Yeah, I actually have him as my uh, my tight end three, um, yeah. but he's still in that top tier. I yeah. have Andrews. Um, I have Pitts number two. Even, you know, even though he might not necessarily have given us the fantasy production you know what he kind of his data and and what he's shown is that he can be elite um he just needs the opportunity you know to get those touchdowns and stuff so he is my two and kelsey is my three um 
but I would have no hesitance in clicking him in a startup. I'll be looking to sell him, um, but otherwise I'm keeping him. So, Kev, let's move on to which players you are higher or lower on consensus on. So let's start with the players that you are higher than consensus on, which is your main player uh, in the tight end position. Yeah, so I'll throw two names out there. Trey McBride, um, I've got him 14, Market's got him 18, and uh, another guy is... In fact, I'm not going to speak about the other guy. I'm going to save the other guy in my back pocket for a little bit later. Trey McBride, I think he had um, he had an up-and-down rookie season. He, he was a great prospect. He's potentially going to be a rough start without Kyler. But, um, yeah, I love the talent. I think you've seen other guys that aren't as good as him talent-wise that have catapulted above him, like Chicken Conquo, um, Greg Dolchich is a prospect, wasn't in um, in, in that TFME. So, yeah, Trey McBride at a discount is, is an ideal tight end to target for me. Yeah, I, t- I totally see that. You know, I think ultimately Zach Ertz is going to retire, you know, if, if not kind of beginning of this season. I think by the end of this season, I'd be surprised if he's still there too much longer. Um, and I think that, you know, that's McBride's kind of job to, to take. Um, mine is is Tyler Higby, actually. Um, I mean, again, yeah. not kind of the most exciting of picks. I have him tight end 24, but consensus has him tight end 33. Wow. Like, three? I mean, you know, I totally get that he's not this kind of exciting, maybe not even a massively high upside guy, but come on now, you know, he's ultimately going to be on a weekly basis either a low-end tight end one or, you know, at worst a tight end two. But currently he is ranked as a tight end three, and I, I just have no idea why, if I'm honest. He finished tight end six last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I totally do not get where that, you know, where that's coming from. You know, as I say, he's not sexy, but at, that, at those prices, I'd certainly have him on my roster. You know, if I can have him as my tight end two, even better. So what about players that you're lower on consensus um, than consensus on, on Kev? Yeah, the big one's Dalton Kincaid, the fact that he's tight end five. I've got him at eight. People might say that's only three spots, but when you're looking at the top of a position, that's quite significant, the fact that you're bypassing players like potentially Kittle, Goddard, um, they're, they're the main two that you see him go over and it's... It's absolutely wild that people would do that and take on all this risk, not see him hit the field, uh, not not see him like be at his true potential for a couple of years. So, what are people doing having him around there? Is my first thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I actually have him as my Titan twelve, so I'm even lower yeah. um, on him than you. I, I just like we've, like we discussed, you know, with the rookies. I want to see what he can do. I want to see what what is his you know, role in this offense, how much, you know, how much of a target share is he going to command? And then, you know, I, I will, you know, potentially look to get some shares um, based on that. So my my lower on consensus, uh, then consensus uh, player is Irv Smith. So I have him ranked tight end 30, but he's, he's currently ranked tight end 21. How is Tyler Higby tight end 33 and Irv Smith tight end 21? Like, I honestly just have no idea why he's so high. You know, he, he he's really struggled with injuries throughout his career. He, he's not really done, done a lot in fantasy. 
I think people have just got excited that he's on the Bengals. But Hayden Hurst was in the same position last season and he wasn't great for fantasy. Like, I, I just don't understand it. And again, by the end of this season, he's probably going to be moved off the Bengals onto another team. You know, and I, I just don't see how he can hold tight end 21 value. I would much prefer most of the tight ends, you know, around, you know, him at that rank than, than him. Yeah, I've got the zero of Smith in Dynasty and I play in a lot of leagues, so that's my thoughts on it. Just the, it's the helmet scouting, the fact that people see the Bengals landing spot and get really excited because one, it's the Bengals and two, he's got um, he's got an age next to his name that people like 24, I think, so that's why. Now, come on, Kev, everyone gets excited about the Bengals. It's, amazing. <laughs> it's understandable, totally understandable. I'll let them off. So before we, we kind of move on to our next segment, Kev, which which tight end do you think can or will improve their ranking the most over the course of this season? Yeah, this is the joker up the sleeve that I nearly let out of the bag earlier. It's, it's Joanne Johnson. Um, he's 27 at market. I've got him. Oh, let's see. Tight end 18. Um, I, I just I like the fact that Derek Carr's in town. There's people that are going to make loose comparisons to Darren Waller in the offense. Um, he was a touchdown guy, which you can't really bank on. Um, but I just like the fact that he's an athletic guy. He used to play wide receiver uh, in college and coming into the NFL. So um, there's still more growth for me in his profile. Yeah, let, let, I don't think he needs to do a ton to really move up a lot in, in the tight end rankings because it's a bit of a wasteland. But he's a guy that I see making a huge jump from tight end 27 this uh, this season. But if I were to just give two quick names, maybe not this season, but someone to stash for when they move on to new teams, I'd say Noah Fan and Albert O. Yeah, I mean, there was so much excitement about Albert, Albert O, wasn't there? Um, you know, last season or a couple of seasons ago, and fortunately, just did not pan out, did he? You know, maybe if he gets a bit more of an opportunity, we we, we might, you know, see potentially, um, you know, him show what what he can do. So let's move on to our final segment, Kev. So with every guest we have on, we always ask them to pose a question to our next guest. So our previous guest, Kevin, of Football Guys and the Devi Royale. Um, he posed the following question to you. Fabulous name, right, Kev? <laughs> Do you think that Bully RB is a viable strategy in startup drafts in 2023? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think it's, it's become to a point where it's faded so much in at the market at consensus that actually when people are hammering QB and wide receiver, there's going to be running back values now. It's not to say that it's not a risky strategy because with running back, it's a lot more prone to injuries, but you're going to get values. You're going to get players like Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard in round four, round five, probably for those guys. If you can hit a couple of those, you're going to be at an advantage versus the field. You'll see a lot of teams are building where it's zero RB or one RB to begin. So there's going to be value there. I think there's great value in the veteran guys that have got st uh, plenty left, like Darling Cook, Alvin Kamara, are two that spring to mind as people that you're taking in 20s. So you could effectively hit maybe three or four running backs. We're not saying go crazy and draft 10 running backs, but um, if everybody's taking wide receiver and QB, do something a little bit different. Bully RB is one option. Elite tight end is probably the other one. 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting strategy, actually, because like you say, I think people are really uh, fading RB so much now at this point. Now, if you get, you know, a collection of those elite RBs and they perform well, you know, in the season, then you could potentially move one of those to a contender, let's say, for some wide receivers or, you know, some other skill position players that will help your team. So I always think, like, sometimes I think people in startup drafts draft their team and think, right, this must be my team for the whole season. You know, I'm taking these players to start on my team. And it's in Dynasty, that's not necessarily the case. Like, I think you can quite easily draft these players and think, right, my aim is to see them, you know, perform well at the beginning of the season and move them on for a different asset that will, you know, help complete my team or make my team better. And I think sometimes people don't always kind of see that when they're in the startups. They think, oh, I'm missing a wide receiver. I must get a wide receiver here. And then they, you know, miss the value that's there. So, yeah, I think it's a really interesting strategy um, and certainly one people can consider. So, Kev, now um, I'm going to ask you for a question for our next guest, please. Yeah, great question from a great guy in, in uh, Kevin. Make sure you are following uh, the boys um, on Twitter. He's, a, he's an absolute lovely chap. But, yeah, my question to the, the, the next guest is, do you think is the best time to make a trade as a contender and as a rebuilder oh that's really interesting right fabulous question really like it now kev thank you so much for joining me i've really really enjoyed chatting through our qb and, and tight end rankings seeing where we basically agree on everything to be honest i, I haven't I know smart people, right? Yeah. We haven't disagreed on, on anything. I'm sure there is some things we do disagree on, but we just didn't manage to tease them out tonight. So before we go, is there anything that you want to plug or share with our listeners? And also please tell them where you can find yourselves and obviously our other family, the uh, Fantasy Wildcard family. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you to, to you and Dan for having me on the Five Year Dynasty. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore go. Um, I'm part of Fantasy Wildcard at Fantasy Wildcard, so I'm on the Dynasty show with Matt and Ali, obviously. You're on the, the Rewind show with um, with Mags and Paul as well, so we have great fun with that. It's a weekly podcasts um, that we release. Um, in terms of big things coming up, we, we've, we're currently releasing our stream of fun episodes in the podcast form, but with the charity stream of fun we did in May, there's an absolute ton of great prizes that we're doing as part of a giveaway. All you have to do is donate uh, before the end of June to have a chance at lots of great prizes. There's been stuff donated from Five Yard Rush, um, DLF, who I write for. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Scott, the Scottish Bowl uh, entrance we've, we've given away, um, JD Zacharyson's Rookie Guide. Tons of stuff. Check out the pin tweet on, at Fantasy Wildcard. Other than that, I'll be at the UKFFC. I'll be on a panel. You'll be hosting. So if the audience like this, there's more to, uh, more to come in the future. But yeah, thanks for having us on. No, absolutely, Kev. It's been a total pleasure, and I can't wait to to grill you on on the uh, Dynasty panel at the UKFFC. So you know, any of the UK listeners out there, um, come and come and catch that, and uh, catch us talking some more Dynasty. 
So thank you, Kev. Really appreciate it. It's been so great having you on. Don't forget to go and uh, catch the uh, the Fantasy Wildcard uh, pods, and then you'll see even more of us. Uh, and in the meantime, don't forget, guys, keep rushing. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.